What do you do when you have two guys sitting here in Massachusetts, one from New York, one from Massachusetts, about talking sports right here on WTBR? It's another edition of WTBR Sports Talk, 413-445-4234. On the air right now on a beautiful Tuesday morning in the Berkshires. Let's go. Hey. No kidding. <laughs> it's not that bad. The Patriots party. I can't believe they won that game. Number one seed again. Good morning, all you haters. Oh my God. Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to another edition of WTBR Sports Talk. Robbie Zucker and my buddy Sean Cronin on the other side of the proverbial glass there. What's going on, brother? How's it going, my friend? You that smile on his face last oh, night. Grinning uh, from ear to ear, my Rich friend. Stadium in Buffalo, New York. The home of the Buffalo. It's not even Rich Stadium anymore. What is it now? I can't remember. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> Marv Levy, I lost four Super Bowl stadiums. I have no idea. What, I don't know what it is either. I can't anymore. remember what it's called. But uh, anyway, up in Orchard Park, I've been to Buffalo. You don't want to go. It's not. It makes Pittsfield look like the you know like the <laughs> like uh, Disneyland. It's you unbelievable. Know, uh, Devin McCourty, the Patriot safety, was saying this week that if you're a Patriot fan and you go to a game in Buffalo, you better be careful how loud you cheer. He goes because when we pull up on the bus three and a half hours before the game, they're they're flipping the bird at us, calling us things you know that we've never heard, telling us things about our mothers that we've never heard before. He goes, you know, it's a rough fan base up there, but uh, it was quite the game last night. Yeah, 15-2, and two, I guess, what, Belichick is there in Buffalo? Man, he should, he should buy real estate there, my goodness gracious. I mean, they have such success. I don't know, man. I'll get your thoughts on this, and I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on this game, but go ahead because, I, I, you know, it's just mind-boggling that the Patriots can throw three times and win a football game. It, it, only the Patriots could do that. I just don't understand what what the you know what Buffalo is doing on defense. I mean, the Patriots. It's not like they were doing a lot of tricky run plays. I mean, they did a couple reverses to the you know the tight end Johnny Smith, but they pretty much just ran the ball right up the middle every play. And why why is Buffalo not stacking the box? Well, they did. They did after the first half. But they, you know, I mean, they, they, uh, Damian Harris, I think, ran for 111 yards in the first half. He broke that 64 yard, you know. Cut for for a touchdown that. there, but I mean, it's just I, I don't understand Buffalo's defensive schemes, and uh, that their receiver Knox there, you know who Josh uh, Josh yeah, Allen yeah. was trying to throw to, he ought to just walk into the uh, office today and resign. I mean, his hands were made <laughs> out of bricks. I mean, it was it, it, the guy's awful, and uh, Josh Allen made a lot of bad mistakes last night, especially in the second half. And uh, hey, here we are, Patriots sitting at. Uh, Nine and four, the number one seed, thanks to John Harbaugh going for two points against Pittsburgh with the best kicker in the league sitting there on the sidelines. Yeah, I don't understand that decision either. I, it was just interesting last night. What what interested me most was Belichick's going for two, and isn't it just like him to go for two? One, he's thinking, okay, it's the weather. Two, he's thinking, um, you know, perhaps there will be a situation where we might have a lead, and they might, you know, they got to ten points. They had to get, you know, they had four points. They missed that thirty-five yard field goal. So obviously, a field goal doesn't tie the game. They have to score a touchdown at the end. I don't know what this guy's thinking about. I mean, he's thinking way ahead of everybody else at this point. But I mean, isn't it amazing? The Patriots, every time they run a two-point play, they score. 
Whether it's the Super Bowl twice, whether it's last night. I mean, every time, it's like I'm sitting there going, man, every time <laughs> they do this. It's amazing to me. And the 46-yard run and the fact that they ran the ball, and they were able to run for over 200 yards last night. They ran 45 runs. It was like watching some kind of old Army-Navy game. So it was we, actually fun. So Mac Jones, his completion percentage went <laughs> down after last night. He had oh a 70.2% oh completion man. percentage, and he had a 66% completion percentage last night. He throws two pa- three passes, and his completion percentage goes down. That's just, that's just funny. But it was, it was, it was just old-school smash-mouth football. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It, it was, was like, great. It was great. I mean, I like running games. I like it. What was interesting to me is, though, that they, the success of the run last night didn't predicate you know, play-action passes from the Patriots. They just said, all right, okay, we're just going to run the ball. But if you watch the way they ran, they ran about 10 different types of running plays. They ran you know, up the middle to you know, around we're doing uh, you know, uh, sweeps Reverse. and reverses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Smart guys, man. Those guys really prepare. And like I said, we always talk about this. What does Belichick do? He prepares his team against another team, comes up with a game plan, says, "This is what we're going to do. This is the elements of the game. We're going to concentrate and focus on the run." And last night, man, it was fun watching the run. It was, you know, really was. And I told you how good Stevenson's going to be. I mean, I loved him at Bama. And he's, you know, he, he had some issues. We all know about his, dish, you know, his problems picking up blitzes and different, different things like that. But last night, I mean, those guys are one-two combination. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like what the Giants had, you know, when they won the Super Bowl. You know, they just, it, it's, you got that power running game and then the quick guy, you know, and it's. Uh, and then you got Brandon Bolden as right, your third down back, right. who's he's, a beast. Yeah, he's excellent. This and they, and they, they, got, they got Jakob Johnson as the fullback who had. Quite a few nice blocks last night. He's a German guy. He's just he, <laughs> Jacob. Which, Jacob Johnson. He's a German guy. Which, which I was Jacob? born. In, I was born in Germany, so I, I like to have you know my fellow countrymen Jacob? on my team. Jacob. I mean, Jacob. I, I mean, I, mean yeah. I believe in the you know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not Jacob. But I mean, okay. it's Jacob. Well, it's Jacob. It's Jacob in, in Hebrew. So <laughs> yeah, you could call me Jacob. It's close enough. All right, Jacob. That's, that's I guess it's a combination between the two of them or something. But but the uh, oh my the, God, the playoffs are going to run through five. Foxborough. Again, you know, this is killing me. This is killing me as a Giant fan, okay? Now, I can go back to the two Super Bowls. I always have that in my pocket, okay, folks? But, I mean, Brady wins last year, and here's Belichick dancing his way to another Super Bowl appearance. He might play Brady. How interesting would that be? Those are the odds right now. How interesting would that be? Brady Super Bowl. That's what they're calling. These guys never leave, man. These guys never leave. One guy goes to Florida, he's in the Super Bowl. The next guy, you know, they get Cam Newton with his funky hair, and they say, okay, we're going to take a year off. We're not going to be that good. And now we go out and we draft Mac Jones, who I told you was going to be the most efficient quarterback in the draft because he plays, obviously, for Alabama, knows the system, 4.0. Great point average, bright guy. Teaches Newton the play, you know, the play calls before Cam is, you know, exits out of New England down to Carolina for another run, which he stinks, so he should retire. He got, he got the offensive coordinator fired down there after going 5 <laughs> for 21. 5 for 21. How the Hell Could do it you be pull the buckwheat off? hair? Could it be the Ace. buckwheat style hairdo? I don't know. Um, they were talking about Joe Brady being the next big thing in, in the NFL, and he gets fired, you know, as the offensive coordinator. It's just it's crazy, and uh, you know. So, like you said, they draft Mac Jones, which the rest of the NFL is just pissed. They like, how did they let Mac Jones fall into the Patriots' laps? Yeah, and they go out and spend 163 million dollars in free agency. Matthew Judon has been. A sensation. Another sack last night. He's got 12 and a half sacks on the year now. They get everything right. Hunter they, Henry. And they could have been four and they could have been four and two and not two and four, let's be honest. They the won, Tampa they, they, game. The Tampa and game the and the Dallas game. game. Absolutely. That that they missed a field goal in the Tampa game and then Dallas they went to overtime. They could should have won that game. Right. So they could they could be, you know, eleven and two right now. Uh, yeah. But but I, I still want to say thank you again to Jim Harbaugh. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh yeah. I want to say thank well, you, you very can take much. Jim too in Michigan. Too. Leave, leave the yeah, Michigan. Yeah, hey, yeah. that's uh, Michigan better win. Nobody wants to see an Alabama Georgia. Well, I told you about Alabama. Title. Right? I told you about Alabama. Right? Yep. Yeah. But I said Georgia was a better team, and they were this. They were this year, but you know, leave it to Bam. I watched the game. It was it was pretty good. Um, anyway, so. I was happy they won. But uh, And by the way, speaking of Georgia, Jake Fromm actually might get a start for the Giants. I watched Jake in college. He was okay, you know, but he, they got him off the Buffalo practice squad. Boy, the Giants. I'll talk about the Giants after, but I just want to say one thing about the Buffalo drive at the end. First of all, they missed a 35-yard field goal. Going for the field goal was just dumb. They should have gone for fourth. I think it was, what, a fourth and three or fourth and two or something like that? I, I don't think it was that long. Maybe. Into, the, into the wind. Into the wind. Okay, so that was a mistake right there. Okay, not going for two after the Patriots went for two, I think, it was a mistake, too. And I don't like chasing the points early in the game, but I thought, ah, you got Josh Allen there. He's a big guy. Let him run behind the line of scrimmage and see if he gets a, a two-pointer tied at eight. So I, I didn't like that decision. But the drive down the field, and I give the Patriots total credit, and the all-out blitz at the end, that's just, wow, taking chances, okay? Um, but if you look at the last drive of the game, he makes a tremendous throw to Diggs. Diggs makes a great catch along the sideline. They throw a screen to Singletary. He gets up the field. Right now, they're at the 20-yard line. Clock's ticking. They're down by four. And then all of a sudden, they get greedy. It's like Josh Allen you know, dropping back, dropping back, and uh, just they couldn't, they couldn't get it done. And the last play, Beasley's wide open in the middle. And I couldn't find him. And all on a blitz. What'd you think about that call? That was pretty gutsy, huh? That was a very gutsy call. Nine guys lined yeah. up front. Didn't work yeah. in the Super Bowl against the Giants, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Belichick, and, uh, thou shall not throw. Yeah, well. That's, thou shall not throw, and thou did not throw. Right, and he smiled after the game. Right, there you go. I mean, but uh, they, man, they prepared so well for that game. And Buffalo, again, you look at Buffalo's stats early in the season as a run defense. They were the best. I mean, they were allowing basically, what, 44, 45 yards per game? Really, I mean, that was what it, what it was. Now, I mean, Jonathan Taylor ran crazy for the Colts, and they are now a 7-5 team, Buffalo, when they looked like they were the, you know, the best team. The in, class, in the, of the, the class of the AFC. Yeah. And, now, and now it's the Patriots, you know. And Buffalo dropped all the way down to 7. Yeah, and Patriots have allowed 15.4 uh, points per game right now, number one, I believe, in the NFL. Actually, you can, you can mark it down further because of last night's victory, so... So they're tr- playing tremendous defense, but it's amazing. They can get a six-round pick and put him on the offensive line. Every year they have an offensive line that's solid. I don't know of any other organization that does that. Every year, the same thing. Their offensive line is good. When do you ever see, oh, the Patriots have a terrible offensive line. They can't block for anybody. When does that ever happen? <laughs> and you look, you look at Trent Brown, the, the big uh, left tackle. You yeah. and I combined couldn't fit into the left leg of, of, his, <laughs> of his pants. I mean, he's just a beast. They just have a bunch of beasts on that offensive line. It's and like you Christmas said, Anwanu, I think, is the name of the draft pick from last yeah, year. Right. And he's he's been relegated to a backup because they signed Ted Karras, who was with Miami for a year. But you have a six-round pick that was a starter last year in the offensive line as a backup. And he's the Pro Bowl caliber offensive lineman. It's just it's unbelievable what they've done. And, you know, and, and, and Mac Jones uh, has more wins combined more wins than all of the other four rookie quarterbacks combined. It's unbelievable. You know, four, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Anyway, if you want to get in touch with us here, 413-445-4234 here on WTBS, TBS, WTBS Sports Talk. Oops. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. But you, we, let's talk about Harbaugh before I get to the <laughs> – do I really have to talk about the Giants? Do I really have to ruin my morning? I mean, we're crying out loud. Um, the decision to go for two. 
I, I watched the end of that game. I don't understand it when you have the best kicker. And his excuse was about injuries to their s- secondary. It's not like the Steelers' offense. Is th- it's just as bad as the Giants, for crying out loud. They didn't beat Detroit. And Detroit won. And we'll talk about that, too. But, I mean. Roethlisberger's been cooked for two years. He's been terrible. He's been terrible. Why would you go for? why would you go for two there? It's ridiculous. It made no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. My, my mean, father. Tucker is so. Cocker, cook. My, Hit my, a 66-yard field goal this year. What are they, out of their mind? My father and I had our friend Jim down, who used to be the foreman on my dad's construction team, and the second they, they went out to go for two, he goes, what the hell are they doing? It was just, it was stupid. I mean, and just Justin Tucker's just sitting there going, yeah, okay. I mean, if you're a Ravens fan, you're sitting there shaking your head going, and I love John Harbaugh. I think he's one of the best coaches in all professional football. That's a great organization year after year. They win and they compete. But, I mean, what are you doing? Lamar's got to make that well, throw. Lamar, yeah. It was a bad well, throw. He, he makes, you know what's amazing about Lamar Jackson? He makes beautiful plays at times. And then there's just times where he just forgets about you know what he's doing and he throws terrible passes. And the, guy, the, the, the tight end should have caught the ball, too. I mean, guy's 6'7". Right. Right. You know, nobody in that building is going to stop him right. from getting oh, in at the two-yard line. you got to catch the ball. That's, that was just, just terrible all well, around. Well, let them wear all their gloves all the time. I'm so sick of the gloves. You know, I mean, I watched, I grew up you know, in, the, in the 70s and 80s you know, watching guys that didn't play with gloves. Almost everybody wears gloves. They even wear Gloves when it's like 85 degrees in Miami. What do you need gloves for? <laughs> what do you need gloves? And my friend down in Miami, my friend Gerard goes, well, you know, they have that special stuff that, you know, helps it, you know, catch the ball and so forth. Ah, come on. I watch pull. I mean, I watch guys like in, in the snow when I was a kid. Nobody wore gloves. Nobody, the, nobody wore gloves. You played outside. You, you know, you, you blew on your hands for crying out loud. It's ridiculous. Well, you don't want to catch a cold. Oh, my God. <laughs> Especially when it's 85 degrees. And and some of the other games, like I'm thinking about, um, you know, Seattle wins. Seattle, I, I picked, I picked, uh, San Francisco's a weird team. A very weird team. I mean, they, I mean, they're just one minute they play defense, the next minute they're they're offensive, the next minute they, they give up a, a ton of points. And Russell Wilson has a pretty good day there. So That, that uh, marriage is coming to an end, though, soon. Russell Wilson and, and Pete Carroll, that's going to be. That's a bad team, Seattle, and yet San Francisco loses to them. I mean, there were some other games yesterday, that Minnesota and Detroit, I mean, how bad is Minnesota when it comes to winning games? I mean, they've lost like four, five, six games by like you know five or six points, three points. Can we, see, can we say Minnesota's the definition of a bipolar football team? I mean, they, <laughs> pretty, they beat they beat much. the Packers two weeks ago, yeah, and then they lose to the Lions, right? I mean, I'm happy for Dan Campbell. Yeah, me too. You know, because you know, in Detroit, giant in guy. comes a coach, out goes a coach, in comes a coach, out goes a coach. No excitement, no enthusiasm. Dan Campbell comes in. What does he say? It is, it is uh, first. Press conference as head coach, we're going to go out there and bite guys' kneecaps off. You know, and a few weeks ago he lost a game and he was crying at the podium. The guy actually cares. Of course, he, he's got you know, and I, I, you know, and Detroit's been in a lot of games, but Jared Goff, Jared Goff, yeah. I mean, that's you know, you're not going to win Threw a lot of passes you're, yesterday. You're, I think 42 passes. You're not going to win with Jared Goff. You'll get an occasional game like like they had on Sunday, and he threw that beautiful pass to win the game. But Jared Goff. It's, <laughs> Jared Goff. Let's let's move on from Jared. You no, know, really, but seriously, I mean, they they won the game in the last play, and you see the crowds going nuts and the fan. Why not? It's the first win for this team, except for the tie, which is not a win. They they should have won the game against Pittsburgh. The guy missed a field goal. Boy, have you seen more missed field goals and more bad kicking? Oh my God! How about the Jets yesterday? The Jets are going through the third kicker now. They get a guy yesterday. He misses two. Extra, Two points. extra points. It's fourteen to twelve instead of fourteen all. And then Robert Robert goes, "Yeah, we're not kicking anymore. We're going for two. Yeah. yeah. And, and then again, and this week they signed another former kicker, another guy. I can't remember who it was, but there's like three kickers. The Jets can never find a kicker. Meanwhile, the Giants can find a kicker, but they can't do anything else. So let me talk about the New York Football Giants. 
You know, let me tell you something. Just blow this thing up now. What a total disgrace, Sean. Nine points against the Miami Dolphins. This coach is clueless. Did you hear his press conference yesterday? Uh, well, we did a couple of positive things. What? Joe, what are you watching, Joe? Do I need to get you a prescription for glasses? What is This guy is a total embarrassment. It's ridiculous. He's what? up at the podium telling telling the press how they had positive things. You scored nine points. How do Your you, best how do you, player is Graham Gano. How do you draft a running back with the second overall pick and you only have him touch the ball 11 times? And you have Mike Glennon. Why should he touch the ball? He's so afraid to get hit. Saquon Barkley is a disaster. Yesterday he drops two passes that, that screwed up drives for the Giants yesterday. I mean, Galladay, what a bust at $72 million. The guy hasn't caught a touchdown pout yet. And Mike Glennon stinks. He had a couple of good passes in the first quarter. After that, behind Jonathan Ross. He had Evan Ingram wide open. He threw it behind him. And the guy's a disaster. An absolute. And Colt McCoy wasn't good enough to be re-signed here with the Giants and did a great job last year. But no, we'll get Mike Glennon, who's it's just a disaster. And, I mean, they can't run the ball. The line stinks. Snake Solder ought to retire and take his $40 million and, you know, do it whatever he wants to do with it. Go, you know, take your family on vacation. Stick it, pal. This guy's horrible. They are a horrible organization. Just blow it up. Blow it up with Gettleman. Blow it up with, with Jones. Blow it up with Saquon Barkley. Blow it up with the offensive line, with Judge, with Graham. Just blow it up. And stop going in within the organization. They need to go outside the organization and find someone from a top-notch organization who understands the modern game. Not Gettleman who says, oh, about Saquon Barkley and, like, touched by the hand of God. Give me a break, okay? My mother, Saquon my Barkley's mo- afraid my, to run through the middle of the pack. Hey, Saquon, my mother loved him. She loved him at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Saquon Barkley, yeah. Yeah, Saquon, how about running through the tackles? I mean, they get more out of Wayne Gallman last year who they cut. I have no idea why. I think, you know, I think, I think he's down south playing. And I mean, uh, and then and then Booker, you know, is is a guy who ran for 99 yards against Oakland, not in Oakland, see, I said it again, against the Vegas Raiders. And But they can't run the ball. They cannot run the football. They can't throw the football. What do they do well? They don't do anything well. And the clock management yesterday is a disgrace. Judge is taking a timeout with 12 seconds left in the half. Why? Why are you, what are you doing? And not one guy in the press yesterday asked him that question. Why did you take a timeout? And then the clock management at the end of the game is so bad. They're, they're down by 11 points, and they can't get the plays in. And the team's jointy jolly, you know, walking back to the huddle and stuff. And meanwhile, three minutes elapse off the clock, and they've run like four plays. And I'm screaming at Judge going, what are you doing? Where's the sense of urgency? You're down by 11 points. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. It's a disgrace. I mean, they're ridiculous. They got over what did they do? 250 yards yesterday. I don't understand what the problem is. And I'll tell you what it is. Well, I know what it is. Their line stinks and their quarterbacking stinks. I don't care if it's Jones, Glennon, and then it's a possibility of Jake Fromm, who was picked up off the Buffalo. I can't have the Buffalo practice team. Was it the Buffalo Bills? Yes, it was the Buffalo Bills. Picked up on the Buffalo practice team. And now he's the possibility of starting this weekend for the Giants. You cannot make it up. I mean, 413-445-4234 right here on WTBR Sports Talk at 1019. I mean, I mean, it's just comical. It's it's I mean, I'm sick of getting upset about it because it's just awful. It really is. I mean, it just makes me want to vomit. I mean, it's seriously. They're not going to fire and, Gettleman, by the way. They, oh, they have to. They're going to oh, let no. They're going to no. let no. No, you know what they're going to do? They're going to let Brett the, Gardner. They, that's it. You know what they're going to do? They're going to let the season run out. Please. Then he's going to quote unquote 
retire. <laughs> they'll give him a gold watch and say, you know, instead of firing him, because they don't want to hurt his feelings, because the Mars are all about protecting feelings. That's why they, you know, they drafted, uh, instead of drafting other quarterbacks when they could have, they, they drafted running backs, so they didn't hurt Eli Manning's feelings. I mean, wouldn't you like to have seen Quentin Nelson in a uniform besides Saquon Barley? Wouldn't you have liked to have seen, you know, Josh Allen from Kentucky, linebacker? Or I, the guy I wanted this year was Micah Parsons, and he's having a great year in Dallas. I think he's got like Defensive nine Defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. 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 Yep. Hey, we got a call. That's right. There you go. That's why we talk right here on WTBR Sports Talk. Let's take our first caller. All right. Good morning. You're on the air. Who am I speaking with? Tony from Cheshire. Hey, what's going on? How are you? Nice to I'm talk to you. Fantastic. Awesome. Um, but, under, but the Giants, just like Minnesota, they, no, they were in like four or five games early in the season. Their, their record should be a little bit better than what it is. They have no secondary. Who the, who the Giants? Yeah. I actually think that's the best part of their defense. You know, I really yeah, do. I think the worst of, part is their pass rush. Against Washington and against a couple other teams early in the season, and they play too much zone. You know, you letting the guys. Well, I, I agree with you on that games. one. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's unexcusable. I totally agree with the zone defenses, but when you don't have a pass rush, let's play, face it, they're playing a 3-4 defense, which I don't like. Their linebackers aren't that good, but actually their secondary is pretty good, but there's guys like, like um, uh, what's his name? Uh, God, the, the, the left corner. I know, it's a revolving door. Yeah, they, I mean, the, the guy, they're not playing that well, you know, but I'll tell you who is playing well. Xavier, Xavier's playing well, the kid from Alabama. He's a good player. I like him. And uh, but they, and Logan Ryan's been in and out. When he's playing, he's a pretty good player. But their biggest problem is their pass rush. They don't have one. You know, Leonard Williams being resigned. You know, is ridiculous. Leonard Williams getting all that money being traded for a third round pick when he was a free agent the following year. There's there's a there's Gettleman in a nutshell for you. Okay, how dumb Gettleman is. All right. Yeah, right. Yeah, they should blow up the whole team. You know. Absolutely. And, and Judge, he only has to he, he just has to deal with the tools he has. You know? No, I understand that. It's not all his he's fault. He's just arrogant. But, oh, he's but, just... No, I don't know. I wish he was arrogant. You know, it's funny. Sean says he's arrogant. I wish he was arrogant. I mean, even Shermer had some emotion. I hated Shermer. But at least Shermer, like, was shouting. I mean, this guy comes in and tells him that they did positive things yesterday. Like, what? That they wore their uniforms and their sneakers on the field? Like, what did they do? That was funny. They scored nine points against the Dolphins. Right. It's going to be just like the Red Sox. You've got to wait till next year. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that. I mean, the Red Sox have had some lot of success lately, so I can't oh, really no, no, knock no, the Red I, Sox. I, I, I was, I was and I'm a Yankee fan. I was 20 years ago. I don't wait till next year. That's how it is for the Giants. They won two Super Bowls a few years ago. But yeah, they, no, they only played one playoff game since then, you know? Oh, please. You know, when you take a fact that Jerry Reese was there way too long, bad picks like Eric Flowers and Eli Apple. I mean, and how about, how about Will Hernandez has been a disaster? He's been on the line for five years and he stinks. It's not all Gettleman. This goes back before Gettleman. This is all about John Mayer and dumb signings. At least Who, you have Nate Solder still. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. Oh, my <laughs> that's, God. That's money you have to eat. $40 million. It's just, I couldn't believe it. And he took a pay cut. He's still making $40 million. Thanks a lot. Oh, my God. Thanks for calling. How we sound? Yeah, thanks. Have a great day. All right. Good good people checking in right now. Just kind of a nice view sitting up here at the top. I can't believe the Patriots. It's a nice view up here. I told you all, all, I told you for the last three months, I said they're going to get better and better every week, better and better every week with new additions and guys, you know, learning new schemes and, and, and obviously Mac learning the schemes and learning the play calls and. Learning how to audible and you know t- going from a college program that is a, a, a like a pro program in a lot of ways at Alabama. But I, just, I, you I know. saved you a seat on the Patriots bus on the bandwagon if you'd like uh, to jump on. There's one seat left. I saved it just for you because you're my you know partner yeah, in crime yeah. here. So <laughs> you're more than welcome to join us. There you go. All right, four and three, four, four, five. 
4234 right here on WTBR Sports Talk. We're going to take a time out and then we'll be back right after this. It's very hard to quit. I've tried. My wife smokes. It's not allowed in the home. It's not allowed around my children. I just know it isn't good. My husband hates that I smoke and I smoke outside. It irritates her a little bit, but I think she sees and understands what I'm trying to get across to her, that it's not only bad to her, but it's bad to my three beautiful daughters and my two sons. My dad gets upset with my mom because she smokes and he doesn't, and whenever my mom goes and smokes, she has to go smoke outside. I don't think my mom should smoke because it's really bad for you and it could hurt you really bad. I do think there is a correlation between parents and kids. The parent smokes, the kids think it's okay for them to smoke. Sometimes all you need is a small reason to quit. Yeah, I love my mom very much, but I still wish she'd stop smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Underwriters are so important for keeping this station alive. Hi, this is Sean Sayre, Executive Director of PCTV. I'd like to thank our local businesses for supporting Pittsfield Community Radio and for believing in the mission of the station. When you hear underwriting messages on the air, you know those companies support WTBR-FM. If you're listening now and your business would like to join in and support us, call me today at 445-4234 and get involved or visit us at WTBRFM.com. It will make all the difference. Larry Krepke here from Nothing But Old 45s inviting you to check out my brand new show here on WTBR called Sweet Country Music. Some of the best country music I've ever recorded like Dolly Parton, Alan Jackson, Patsy Klein, and a lot more. Plus, every show contains a comedy segment that'll put a smile on your face. Sweet Country Music, 11 a.m. Sunday mornings here on 89.7 WTBR-FM. Pittsfield Community Radio. Hello, Phil Tierney here, the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young tigers and old lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8, and if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word. Jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. Thanks for listening. No messing around. Just 100% pure raw. Unplug your appliances. We need the power. WTBR. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk right here on WTBR 89.7 FM. Sean Cronin, Robbie Zucker taking you to 11 o'clock, 413-445. Four two three four. Thanks, Tony, for calling. I hope you call in and tell people, tell your friends about our show because, uh, you know, right now we're up in the ratings here. I was looking at Arbitron the other night. I'm, <laughs> don't I wish, right? Well, obviously, uh, one of our guys sent, one of my friends sent our show into ESPN Radio. So hey, you never know, right? You never know. I've always needed a break for crying out loud. But uh, anyway, um, gotta so, start somewhere, brother. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm, I'm restarting. I, you know, it's an 18 year old kid working up in a little station in Massachusetts, and then going to Pennsylvania, and then you know, flying all over the place to do to do some radio. But I mean, getting back to the Giants, I mean, it's just a joke, and I'm sick of it. And let's just blow this thing up. There's not much else to talk about, really. I mean, you could talk about Saquon; he's a disaster. You could talk about Tony's always hurt. He's got talent, though. 
But how about Quentin Nelson and Josh Allen and then Micah Parsons being on your team, right? And they even, they could have taken, what's his name? Um, there was another guy they could have taken, uh, you know, instead of, instead of taking uh, Saquon Barkley. And I'm a dummy. I wanted Saquon Barkley, but he didn't realize, wow, the line stinks. But you know what? He had 2,000 all-purpose yards in his first year. But he gets hurt, and he doesn't, he doesn't like a physical game, and he runs out of bounds and stuff. So, anyway, I wanted to turn to baseball because I, I was really, really happy about the results of the Baseball Hall of Fame selections. And uh, for a guy who loved Tony Oliva as a little kid, you know, didn't see it until the end of his career, really. But um, he and Jimmy Codd, I watched Jimmy Codd pitch a lot. So both those guys um, in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Codd was a terrific pitcher. Had 16 gold gloves, was a commentator for the Yankees for a very long time. And then, of course, I had a huge smile on my face yesterday seeing Buck O'Neill into the Baseball Hall of Fame, a guy who was representative of the Negro Leagues for years, was the ambassador for the Negro Leagues. Never a great player he managed. I mean, his lifetime average was like 258. I think he had nine home runs or whatever. But he was the guy that kept the Negro Leagues alive. He's the guy that told stories to me about Cool Papa Bell and about Josh Gibson and Satchel Paige and players like that. So so I was really happy. And then obviously Minnie Minoso got in. And, and finally, and finally, and finally, deservedly so, uh, the late, great Gil Hodges, who passed away at 47 years old, was an eight-time All-Star, a terrific player, and a great first baseman with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And, of course, um, took the 1969 Miracle Mets to the World Series victory um, over the Baltimore Orioles. So I'm, I'm happy for, for Gil Hodges' family. His, his wife is still 95. They live in the same place in Brooklyn, his daughter. That should be some uh, reception when uh, he gets inducted in the Hall of Fame. And then, of course... Um, you know, there was there was other. Tony Oliva definitely deserved it. 305 lifetime average. And uh, I saw Kitty pitch quite a bit when I was a kid. Uh, Jim Cott, he was terrific. And um, I'm happy for him. So, And then uh, Bud Fowler was a, uh, a player back in the 1800s who was a baseball organizer and player as well. And he was inducted, and, or he will be inducted. And, uh, and Minnie Minoso, who used to get hit in the head more times than any <laughs> player. In fact, you know, my mother was telling me when Minnie Minoso, but Robert Klein used to do this shtick where he would have the Minnie Minoso story, and he'd, go, and he'd get hit in the head, and he'd go, he like, he's a little train tracks, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago. You know, just like, you know, getting hit in the head four million times. What's your take on, this is the last year of eligibility for Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and Kurt Schilling. What's your take on those guys? you think they should be in? Well, we all know that Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he started using the roids. I mean, his head looks like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I mean, let's face it. I mean, he's a surly guy, and if he was a little more honest with things, I probably think he would have been in already. I, I do think he should be in, but you know what? They're not going to let him in. Roger Clemens is a Hall of Famer before he even got involved. He should have been a little bit more upfront about what he was doing. Look at Andy Pettit. He was. You know, Roger wasn't. Roger was a very arrogant guy, you know, and, and didn't really... You know, I don't think he said what he should have been saying, which was, hey, this is what I used, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, he says he doesn't. And I don't know. I don't know what to make. I don't know what to make of it. I mean, I don't know what your feeling is on it, but I'll, I'll get your uh, thoughts well, in a second. But, yeah. yeah well, I, I mean, I, the Hall of Fame is a museum, right? And it's you're recognizing the best to ever play the game. Yeah. And these guys have numbers that are the best to have ever played the game. I agree. And, you know, to keep them out, I think, is a mistake because... You know, if you go to the Hall of Fame and you see Roger Clemens, seven Cy Youngs, Barry Bonds, all-time home run leader, you know, Kurt Schilling, one of the best pitchers in the history of postseason baseball. You know, I mean, it, the writers are keeping Kurt Schilling out because he's a despicable human being. He says a lot of terrible things. Well, he does, does. does a lot of terrible things. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a subject for discussion. You know, you could talk about those things. It's like it's an era. Like, you know, Jeff Bagwell's in the Hall of Fame. Mike Piazza's in the Hall of Fame. Those guys were linked to PEDs. You know, it, it, you, it, do you put an asterisk next to their name? No, there's no, there's no asterisk. Joe Torre, 
is in the Hall of Fame, and he had Yankees teams that you know half the teams were on were on PEDs. I mean, everybody should get in that deserves to be in. I, I, no, I agree. I mean, what about Pudge? I mean, Pudge was obviously doing that. And obviously, he, and he's in the Hall of Fame too. I mean, they've watered down the Hall of Fame. Let's be honest. I mean, they've watered it down. I mean, the fact that they you know they they elected Harold Rames, you know how Harold, Harold Baines, Harold Baines, Harold Baines, Harold Baines. I mean, I'm going even, with some, even he said he goes, I don't deserve. Wait, to be of in course the Hall not. Of fame. It reminds right. me. It, yeah, it reminds me of like when Adam Graves was. Uh, you know, got his number retired with the Rangers, and he's up there with like you know, you know, all these great players in the Hall of Fame, like Messier and Leach and all this stuff. And he's kind of like very humbled by you know. Well, that's I guess you know you have to be if you're Harold Beans, but I mean he's not a Hall of Famer. It's ridiculous. Of course, Tony Larusa was on that board, so you know it's a little connection there between the White Sox and you know Tony right. Larusa and, and Harold Beans. But uh, yeah, it's just. Um, it's it's interesting, but uh, I was ha- really happy for you know the fact that Gil Hodges was in because I mean all the years that I listened to the fan in New York years and years there was guys who grew up li- you know watching Gil Hodges say why isn't this guy in the Hall of Fame I mean time after time after time so he's finally got vindication he's finally in the Hall of Fame so I'm happy for their family but uh, Buck O'Neill you know he had some smile and I was I was I had a real tear for Buck O'Neill yesterday because. I didn't, wouldn't know anything about the, the Negro Leagues if it wasn't for my, my old friend Art Russ Jr., who was the first guy that I used to call as a kid on WABC Sports Talk when I was about 14, 15, 16 years old through the years of high school, and I was a regular caller on that show, and, and Art wrote a bunch of books. If you ever look up Art Russ Jr., he wrote a bunch of books on the Negro Leagues. And uh, he once told me that Josh Gibson had a ball at a Yankee Stadium, and I totally believe that. And he's probably the only one to ever hit a ball at a Yankee Stadium is Josh Gibson, who hit over 800 home runs in the Negro Leagues. Imagine him in the major leagues. I mean, it, you look back, and it's just so ridiculous that you know we didn't have uh, an opportunity. They didn't have an opportunity to play until Jackie Robinson in 1947. It's just kind of ridiculous when you think about it. But uh, thank God for Branch Rickey letting these players play because uh, so many great players were denied. I mean, Cecil Page was you know in the in the major leagues when he was like probably like 50 years old. He was pitching, you know. Nobody, it, nobody knew how old he was, you know. It's it, amazing. It, it's nice that the Negro Leagues are now finally getting recognition. They're actually, they consider those stats actual yeah. major league yeah. stats. Now, you know the website baseballreference.com? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the headline of their thing, the Negro Leagues statistics are official Major League Baseball statistics, and it's good. Have you ever seen the Ken Burns documentary? Yes. It's, it's great. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Great. It really is great. Especially, I love the New York one, obviously, being a New York guy, and, and my dad was a Giant fan growing up, and my great, you know, my, it's not my great-grandfather, but my grandfather, Robert, who I was named after, uh, his favorite player was Mel Ott, so he was a big time, uh, big time guy for the for the Giants. And then my stepdad's hero was was um, was Jackie Robinson, who was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. So and he used to go to Ebbets Field and Flatbush, and it was it must have been so different in those days. It's not like you know that's the thing today. These guys are making so much money, and their lives are so you know different from everybody else from the average person that goes to a ball game and so there's not that connection that there, there must have been years ago and you know call for Willow would stop in the local store you know or any of the, the Dodgers would be in you know, the local stores and stuff like that it was just hey you know there's the baseball player and it's like you felt that connection now it's like forget it you know you don't too, feel that too, connection too much, at all make too much money what you think yeah. 43 million is too much for Max Scherzer oh my god Unbelievable. Is there anybody last week that we didn't get to as far as signing free agents? Well, the, I told the Corey Seager thing is ridiculous. Oh, don't play for the Dodgers. Go play for the Rangers. Yeah, but, but we did talk they're, about they're, their they're, great pitching, right? And the Rangers have... signed John Gray, the, the pitcher from the Rockies, like a four-year, $60 million contract. The guy with a career 469 ERA. So there's your, we talked about who, you know, name a pitcher on the Rangers staff. There's one right there for you. John Gray. John Gray. But, but he's been he's, he's, he, Everybody says, well, he's better out of course Field. Well, everybody's better out of course Field. Oh, he's Field, a guy from Colorado. Right. Exactly. It's, right. it's just ridiculous. I mean, you know, and the salary structure is nuts. And now we have a lockout. What's the major thing about the lockout besides, like, you know. The universal DH 
it's a couple rules. So they want so the 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 so the the ownership wants the universal DH is what you're saying, or the players want the universal DH. Correct. Okay, the players do. And nobody wants to see pitchers Well, why can't hit? the players have the universe? Of course not. It's boring. Hitting 043. Swing, 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 sit down. Wow, that was exciting, huh? But not only that, but how about protecting the pitcher and having him run around the base paths? You know, you know uh, the, the, the problem is you have two clowns running the establishment. You know, Rob Manfred, I think, is the worst commissioner. The worst. And uh, Tony Clark is in way above his head. Way above his head. So sick it's like of we talked already. about last week. There should be a, an active player should be the head of the players' union, not a retired player. Right. I, no, I totally agree. Because every team, every team has a, a representative in the players' union. Somebody should just they should elect a player to be the head of the players' union every year. It, it's it, it, that's just the way it should be. I mean, it shouldn't be somebody that's not invested in the game. I mean, that's not that doesn't get affected because Tony Clark's not his life doesn't change with a lockout. I mean, it, so it's just absolutely insane that that's the way they're running things. Well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't the owners want a universal DH? I don't I, know. I don't get it. And so that's part of it. And then I know the I know uh, rookie salaries is another part of it. I mean, what do they think? Do they think these guys they come out in the minor leagues and get drafted, or excuse me, they come out of college or come out of you know high school and get drafted? Deserve the same amount of money as a guy coming off a you know a major college uh, football team or or. or uh, basketball team that's going to sign with a, with a with a team in the NBA or sign with a team, you know, in the NFL. It's well, they, not like that in baseball. Well, they just said that now the owners have all agreed that they're going to at least provide housing for the minor leaguers, <laughs> which they should at least do that. Right. But, you know, you. and another thing that you don't hear a lot about, you know, when you talk about minor league player salaries, yeah. half the guys that get drafted, they're getting... You know, eight million dollar bonuses. You know, you know right. the, the, the 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 first few rounds of the draft. These guys are signing slot bonuses that are in the millions. So they're not. It's not like they're hurting. You know, the the lower round picks of the draft. They're not getting anything. But I, I mean, it's it. I don't know. It's frustrating. It is fr- very it's, frustrating. I mean, it's ridiculous. A bunch of millionaires and billionaires arguing with each other, fighting with each other, and we're sitting here as fans going, this has become BS every year. I'm sick of it. If they don't care, every why should t- we? Why don't they just, you know what, why don't they just go out and sign, okay, a CBA for like 15 years or something, or 20 years so we don't have to put up with this BS every time it comes up? I mean, you know, we can't have baseball now until May or whatever it's going to be. It's just nonsense. Just stop it. Let two sides get in there and negotiate and work something out. Well, because the, the only people that get screwed are the fans. They're the only ones. The last meeting they had. They're the ones buying everything. You know, it's the, the, unbelievable. The, the last is. meeting they had yeah. was nine hours to go before the CBA expired. They had a nine-minute Zoom meeting, and they all walked out. Nine minutes. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's and the players look foolish, and the owners look foolish. And and no nobody gets anything done. It's just and the only like I said the only people that get screwed are the fans. The fans are the ones turning you know going through the turnstiles, buying tickets, buying merchandise, you know buying hot dogs, beer, whatever they're buying, and it's just ridiculous. And the Red Sox ownership is too it. busy caring about buying the Pittsburgh Penguins. Right. It's and just, the Yankees it, and the Yankees have done nothing in the offseason so far, zero. So I'm glad Brian Cashman's really been proactive. You signed Jose Peraza to a minor well, league there deal. You, wow, there you go. I'm so excited. <laughs> I just can't hide it. Hit 205 last year well, for the Mets. Mazel tov. Yeah. I mean, you know. Give me a break with this nonsense. It's, Brett Gardner, two years, twenty-four uh, million. He'll be back. Oh, don't please, you worry. No, no, no. That's my worst nightmare. I'm gonna have nightmares about Brett Gardner playing for the Yankees again. Oh my God! So he can hit two twenty and have an OPS of like six fifty. I mean, please, I can't take it anymore. Your favorite stat, OPS. I hate OPS. Hey, you know what? You know what? Here's why I hate OPS so much. Joey Gallo. That's why I hate OPS. But he takes walks. He hit one sixty. 
Tony Gwynn is turning over his grave going, I can't believe I hit 316. <laughs> 400 used to be the standard. If you hit 400, when I was a kid, you, nobody hit 400. But if you could get close to 400, that was a miracle. That was amazing. Joey Gallo struck out more times 200. last year than Tony Gwynn struck out in his entire career. Probably. Didn't he have one season he only struck out like 13 times? No, Joe, Tony... Dima- Joe DiMaggio. Oh, Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But 13. Tony Gwynn didn't strike out very often either. No, he didn't. Neither did Wade Boggs and neither did, uh, you know, I, I loved Rod Carew. Rod Carew was fantastic. Yeah. So, what a famous Rod Carew. He converted. I'm thinking he converted. about it. Yeah. Hanukkah was fun. So, yeah, a nice new menorah, an electric one. Didn't, didn't have to light too much and light my house on fire. So, it was kind of fun. But, uh, yeah, got some nice presents for Hanukkah, too. It's kind of fun show. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's. You're a mensch, sir. You're a mensch. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have an accent. You have to have an accent to say mensch. It's pretty simple, you know? That's right. But I hope Chaim Bloom had a good Hanukkah, too. I hope he did, too. Sitting on his ass doing nothing. Well, you know what? But yeah, but you know what, though? He's going to do good things. He's. I trust him. If you're a Red Sox fan, you have to trust him. James Paxton. Oh, did they go out and get James Paxton? They got Paxton? James Paxton. What? For one year, $10 million with Maple a two-year option. The Maple guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know what, though? If he's healthy, he's a really good pitcher, but if he's never healthy. He's never healthy. It's, that's why Brian Cashman got him, because he's never healthy. That's what Brian Cashman does. He'll Aaron run, Hicks. He'll run out to the mound at Fenway his first start, and he'll trip over the foul line and, you know, sprain his ankle and be out for the year. Big Maple, I can't believe. Big he's Maple. A, big Maple. You know what, though? He's to replace Erod. But you know what? When James Paxton is on and he's healthy, he's a really good pitcher. And he throws hard. And he throws hard, yeah. But these guys can't stay healthy. It's a joke. And they get these huge salaries, and they pitch like five innings now, and they go, only oh, have 82 pitches we have to remove you from the game. Even though you're pitching a shutout now, but analytics tells us the third time around the order. Oh my, I hate third time. Yeah, tell third time around the order to Roger Clemens when he was in his prime, okay? Anything's got to be better than Garrett Richards, though. What a disaster he was. You don't think Garrett Richards, is he, is he gone? Did they release him? Is, well, he had a $10 million option that, okay. they, that they declined. You know what's funny? I watched him pitch a couple times during the season. He was pretty good, and then he, he just... He, he, he wasn't good. He know? flamed out as a starter. They put him in the bullpen. He was actually pretty decent because his stuff ticked up. You know, he started hitting 97, 98 miles an hour out of the pen. But, no, like you said, though, tell these guys third time through the order. Tanner Houck, I remember a game against, I think it was the Yankees in the regular season. He had thrown 54 pitches. Cora pulled him. Yeah, well, he didn't want him. him didn't he, want him to see the third time through the order. Pulled him in Washington, too. Remember the yeah, game at the end of the season. 54 pitches. Analytics. Well, we know how drives much we all me hate out it. of my mind. Me too. It drives me out of my Speaking mind. Speaking of analytics, uh, the Celtics are uh, starting to play a little bit better. My Knicks stink, so I guess the Celtics play the Lakers tonight. Is that the deal? Play the Lakers at ten o'clock at, tonight. Yep. Oh, at um, in in uh, in L. A. In L. A. Is everybody healthy for the Lakers? I hope LeBron trips and falls tonight. <laughs> on his face. I can't stand him. You know he so what he he got some fan kicked out of a game last week. Did you see this? And said that she was shouting obscene gestures at him. I, you know what? I don't think I saw that. I didn't see it, no. So then the next game, he gets fined. I think for, I heard about for, it. I think for spitting at another player and, and, and throwing, you know, curse words at him. I mean, the guy's such a hypocrite. You know, you know it, 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 I, I can't stand LeBron. Meanwhile, the Knicks have a the losing record. They're down in the division, you know, up up in the division. The Bulls are playing really well. Obviously, the Nets are the you know the class of that division, even though they have no class anyway. I can't stand Durant, obviously, and and uh, James James Harden. I can't stand either. But they're the class of that division. James Harden, Mister Isolation. Yeah, oh, can't stand him either. Yeah, I know that. Well, yeah, just the whole deal with the Houston situation, and obviously Durant just bothers me totally with his just 
you know, he's a great player. I, don't get me wrong, he's a phenomenal player. He really is. One of the best of all time. He's, he can put you on the floor. He can, you know, shoot from outside. He's a good defender. He's a really good player. But it's just their attitude. And then you get Kyrie Irving's not playing with them. It's just the Nets are just like unappealing to me. I'm a Knicks fan. I've been a Knicks fan a long time. And the interesting thing is the Knicks, you know, their identity last year was hard-nosed defense. They're anything but defensive this year. Why? Because they went and got Fournier doesn't play defense. They went Kemba Walker doesn't play defense. And the interesting thing is, you know, I'm listening to uh, uh, some of the programs yesterday around the radio, and they're talking about Obi Tobin and saying, oh, you know, Obi Tobin should develop a three-point shot. Why can't he develop a shot with his back to the basket, like a small hook shot or inside move or an outside move or a Kevin McHale-type fadeaway? It's like everything's got to be about three points. Well, if it develops a three-point shot, why? Obi Tobin sounds like a Star Wars character, Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Help me, Obi Tobin. You're my only hope. Obi, use the force. Be with you. <laughs> I know it does. You know, you don't think about that. Yeah, right. Obi Wan, right? Obi Tobin. <laughs> Obi Tobin. That's a great name. It's like, why are Chewy? It's like, it's like Skywalker. I've got you now. You know what I mean? Really, it's like. Um, Obi Tobin is a guy who's very athletic, you know, and a guy who can drive the basket. It's like, but can't they teach these guys? Can't they teach a Mitchell Robinson how to play with his back to the basket and draw draw contact? It, it drives me nuts. It really does. I, it's so hard to watch sometimes, you know. It really is. I like watching Golden State. They've been on a roll. And then Phoenix won 18 in a row. 18 and they finally in a row. lost to Golden State. Because yeah. Booker didn't play that game. Yeah, well, he's yeah. so good. He's so good. He's really good. He killed the Knicks. He killed the Knicks last week. And the Knicks, I mean, I don't know what to make of the Knicks right now. It's just like Randall and a cloud of dust. Uh, Quickly's playing better. Tobin's playing better. Those they, are the paid, guys. they paid Randall, too, man. They gave him a lot. $118 oh, million, I think. He's a good player, but he shouldn't be handling the ball. And he takes takes too many threes. It's like and he chokes know, in the playoffs. Julius, well, the, you know what? He had a tough he had a tough round last year. It was really his first playoff game and they did a, they really defended him well. Atlanta defended him well. So, but he take ill-advised shots, but again, the whole idea in basketball is to get the ball to the open man. These guys don't. They just rely it's three after three after three after three. It's so boring to watch. It's so boring. It really is. I used to love the NBA and it's such a bore to watch. 413-445-4234. Number to call. We got about 15 can minutes I, right here. Can I change the subject real fast? Absolutely. Your, your, buddy, your buddy Rob called in last week and talked about the Sitco sign. Yeah. You could see it at Fenway Park. Yeah. It's like a half a mile away. I got a funny story. Okay. My, my brother Aaron, who lives in North Carolina, I call him Cornbread because <laughs> it's a good nickname for him because of the way he says he could cornbread. Like Mr. Maxwell. But he, he we, we went to see the band live playing concert. Eddie Kowalczyk. I know in, those guys. In, in the House of Blues. And yeah. he calls me up and says, I, I can't find uh, the place. I said, well, what do you he goes, well, I see the Sitco sign. I'm like, you can see the Sitco sign in the whole city of Boston. Aaron, just giving you a shout-out because I know you're listening down there. Love you, brother. <laughs> That's just one of my all-time favorite when did you stories. See, when did you see Eddie? In the, when, two, did you, when did you see live? 2007. Okay. Live is from York, Pennsylvania. I lived in York for 10 years. I did radio out there, and I worked in electronics business out there. Okay. So Pat Dallimer was a customer of mine. So was Chad Taylor. So Chad, we got a big screen set for. I have an autograph from both of them from the live album, for, you know, from, uh, you know, from the, from the most popular one. Throwing from, Copper. Throwing Copper, yeah. Yep. So it's Chad's disc. He gave it to me when he came in. So he brought about, like... I know Patty brought about $10,000 worth of stuff. I used to go, rock and roll, and Benny, Benny, good to you. So I, I said, well, you guys have to come see my band, because my band was playing locally at the time, you know, and we were playing, well, we were playing Maryland and West Virginia and Washington, not West Virginia, Virginia and Washington and Pennsylvania, but, uh, but those were the really nice guys, and uh, Patty was my customer for about five years when I went from one electronics uh, boutique to another electronics place. So, yeah, good guys. I remember but, when uh, I first started coming up when you were running the karaoke, and uh, you said to me, you're like, I want you to sing I Alone. 
Oh yeah, and right. he had me sing it, and, and I was like, "How was it?" You're like, "Not bad." You're like, "Because Ed, Eddie's a hard voice to, to yeah. replicate, man." But He's, yeah, he, yeah, Eddie's really—it's funny. Eddie's related to my friend Jerry, who lives in town of Pittsfield here by a, by a pending marriage. So he married his cousin, so they're actually cousins. But yeah, I, I never met Eddie, but like I said, Chad and, uh, and 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 Patty were my were my customers, and Patty for a long time. So. I met Eddie at yeah. the Champs in Poughkeepsie. Was he nice? Was he nice? He was very standoffish. Yeah, yeah. You know, just very shy. Different guy. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I I went and shook his hand. Said you're one of my all-time favorite performers, and he and he opened right up. He was like, "Well, thank you very much." And he signed the CDE and the ticket, and nice, you know, but yeah. it was, that was one of those things that was pretty cool, you yeah, know. They were, but, yeah, they, yeah, they were yeah. my customers. Yeah, when I was in the electronics business in New York, PA. So, yeah, it's funny, uh, small world. But as my friend Stephen Wright used to say, "But I wouldn't want to paint it." So, anyway, we got about uh, 12 minutes right here on WTBR. We're going to take a little time out, and then uh, we shall return. Uh, for the rest of uh, WTBR Sports Talk, give us a call, 413-445-4234 right here. Sean Cronin and Robbie Zucker taking you all the way to 11 o'clock today. So. Mexicans, Bigfoot, Koreans, yep. garbage pail kids. We got something for just about everybody. Hipsters. WTBR. Don't be stupid with your skin. It's the only skin you're in. Know what's good and bad to do. Find the right and wrong for you It's time you learn what it's about Cause indoor tanning is out UV lamps from a tanning bed They can turn your skin beet red Wrinkles come from the UV light And eight spots make you a frightful sight With UV light, it gets worse Skin cancer is a wicked curse Don't be the one that's tan and dead Use your brain, use your head It's time you learn what it's about Cause indoor tanning is out a message from the American Academy of Dermatology. Hey, this is Mike Pezzo. Remember those tunes your parents told you to turn down? Better yet, remember those tunes your grandparents told your parents to turn down? Well, on Mike's Amazing Music and Oldies show, you'll hear sometimes oldies, sometimes blues, sometimes local performers, and a lot of rock. On Pritchard County's only rock station, 89.7 WTBRFM, Pittsfield Community Radio, Thursdays at noon. Tune in and be entertained and educated. Hi, my name is Bill Sturgeon. I am the host of WTBR's Morning Drive. We air every weekday morning, 7.30 to 8.30. The goal of my program is to inform, educate, and have a few chuckles along the way. We have wonderful guests, political, arts, actors, musicians, teachers, I look forward for you to listen in or watch us on PCTV. Thank you. No nonsense. No messing around. Just 100% pure rock. Unplug your appliances. We need the power. WTBR. Our sports talk. Uh, we got about oh, about ten minutes left in our program. Four one three four four five four two three four 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 five four two three four. Anything else you wanted to chime in? Who, about, who, Mr. Cronin? Who, who is that joining us online right now? Is that Bill Belichick? Uh, <laughs> yes. Hi guys. I just uh, wanted to say that uh, we uh, played the game very well last night. Uh, 
we did some things good. A um, couple of things we got to work on, but uh, nice to join you guys. I have to go now. Thank you. Number one. Okay. I'm never going to attempt to I do enough voices. I'm never going to attempt to do. What about, wait, what about Marv Albert interviewing Bill Palachuk and be like, you know, so Bill, tell us about your victory today against the Buffalo Bills. Well, we, uh, we did some things right. Uh, ran the ball well. Uh, I thought Mac uh, did what he had to do. Uh, Damian ran the ball well. <laughs> Defense played well. And uh, Just, we're up in first place. There so, you go. So. We're live with the coach of the. Got to get Reagan. I got to get. I got to get my weekly coast. Belichick soundbite yeah, in there, man. Live here with the coach Belichick. Of Talk the, about the your Rangers. Oh my God! What a roll! I mean, this is the best thing for the Rangers. They won six in a row. They're playing great hockey. You know, they they they're in, they're in Chicago tonight to take on a Blackhawk team. That's. You know, done a little bit better. Obviously, re, in a semi in a rebuild, they still have you know the two their two great players. Obviously, Patrick Kane and, and Jonathan Taves is really having a hard time scoring. But um, I love uh, Patrick Kane's one of my all time favorite players. He's fantastic, and uh, but they're just not as good. Obviously, the Rangers have been on a roll. They have the third best record in the league. And what's really great is the Islanders are in last place. You want to talk about greed? I was telling you this before. The Islanders have lost eleven in a row. They they've tied and they've lost in shootouts and in, in overtimes the last few uh, few days. But here's the deal. They decided, as an ownership, with the new building, you said you passed UBS Arena, right, a bunch of times? A bunch of times. Okay. So it's a nice-looking facility. My buddy Rob Freed and, and like success, Rob was saying he went to a couple games he really enjoyed. I'd love to hear from Rob today. But uh, anyway, uh, but uh, it's interesting because Rob said it's one of the best buildings he's ever been in. He said it was unbelievable. He said the sight lines, everything was terrific. The food, everything, right? So what does the Islander ownership decide to do? They decide that they can't get the building fixed, so they're going to go and play 13 straight games on the road rather than play games at Nassau Coliseum, where the Islanders have been unbelievable over the years, have won the best home records of all time, where a jogger not at home. If, you, if the Rangers played the Islanders at home, it's like, oh, my God, well, I guess they're not going to win tonight, especially in the glory days in the 80s when they were winning Stanley Cups. And... For some dumb reason, they just, well, dumb reason. It's not a dumb reason. It's about money. So they decide they're going to go on the road. They're going to play the entire 41-game season at UBS. And so this is what happened. The Islanders got on the road. They couldn't score. They lost a bunch of games. They came home, and they were like, I don't know, 5-10 and whatever. In the first five games they played at UBS, they lost. And they've went on the road the last few games, played better, but they're not getting any scoring. They signed Zach Parisi and Zidane Char just to tell you. And Lou Lamarillo is, 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 Lou Lamarillo is one of the best executives in all of sports, never mind you know, hockey, okay? And they went out and they signed a guy who had 11 goals last year. And they had a guy, what, in Zidane O'Chara is like 55 years old. What is he, like 46 years old? So they added some veterans. Here's another caller. All right, let's go. Let's go, Brandon. Good morning on WTV, our sports talk. Who's there? Hello, who's there? <laughs> Hello. Love the show. Hey, there he is. Hey, What's up, Rob? Jack, forward. How what? you doing? I'm good. What's going on? Hey man, I just want to—I love the Patriots last night, man. They're just really playing. They're good football. Who is this? Who's calling? I really think you know. Look at the running game. They can win every, any way they want to win. They can win with Belichick. Oh, I know. Yeah, we played a good game last night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did Sean does the best Belichick impersonation? I'm serious. It's like really good. So, what's your name? I didn't even, I didn't even get your name. Uh, Jack, Jack. Jack, okay, yeah, like my grandfather, perfect. I'll, remember, I'll, remember, I'll never forget that one. So, so what would you like about the Patriot game last night? Winning 45 times, that was pretty interesting. Two passes, they can win any way they want to win. That's the thing with them, they can do it all. This guy sounds like he's like swimming through, uh, through an aquarium while he's talking what's going on here. It's like, wow, 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 wow. Is it really cold? Is that better? 
Yeah, yeah. Is your radio on in the background? I was going to say. Now it sounds better. Okay, go for it. Yeah, man. I just I, Much I love the way they can they can win any way they want to win. Well, that's bro. why Belichick. Right, go ahead. We'll, we'll probably throw the ball fifty times next week. <laughs> they got a rookie QB. They can they can run it. They can throw. It. They got a great defense. Reminds me of the Patriots of old. I think the Super Bowl is going to be Tampa Bay, New England. I think you're right. I don't know one team out there except maybe for Green Bay if they get if they get home field. And last year they didn't home field and it didn't really matter, especially with the coach deciding to the kick a field goal with two minutes left. Aaron Rodgers is kind of on the middle finger tour, though. You know, against the uh, you know the. The GM there, Gunakinst or whatever his name is out there. So, what's interesting is Brady puts up like 400 yards, but you know what? The week before was all about Leonard Fournette, so he doesn't have to do it every week. And he's 10 and 0 Correct. against Atlanta in his career now. Yeah. Anyway, call on, call her. Anything else we want to say there? Love the show, you guys. Really nice. First Thanks, man. Listener. Spread the word. Thank you very spread much. Spread the word, bro. Seriously, Love spread the doing. word. Love what you're doing. Thanks, Good man. Stuff. All right. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Checking in. That's that's really cool, man. I'm I'm glad to hear people are listening. So. That, that's awesome. People, so. people tune in because I, I'm here, Bill Belichick. You know, they want to hear a, a famous coach on a, a local station. So There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> so, uh, so. 45 I, times on the ground last night to three passes. It's just unbelievable. Simply that was just, amazing. The Jets yesterday actually played well for a half. So Zach Wilson looked fairly good. And then the other half, I, I don't think they had the ball more than a minute in the whole third quarter. So. I don't know. You know, to me, it's it, the Jets are actually going in a better direction to me than the Giants because the Giants had expectations and the Jets didn't. So it's all up for the Jets. For the Giants, it's like blow it up for the Jets. It's like let's see what happens next year. Let's see what Joe Douglas adds. Let's see what they do in free agency. Let's see what they do in the draft, you know. I'm telling you, it, it's easier to start at the bottom and build at the top instead of being lousy at the top. I mean, not lousy, but spend like crazy on, on a cap. They're, 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 they're stuck in the cap right now. I think the, the Jets finally the have a good head coach. Like Robert Salas, you know, yeah. I think they, he could be. I mean, I think he could be. They loved him in San Francisco as a defensive well, coordinator. Well, he's an intensive guy. I mean, I yeah. like the way he's fiery and he's intense. You know, I like that about him. The thing is, his defenses haven't played well right this year. But, you know, look, the talent's really not there. Once the talent gets there, do I think he can, you know, have the same scheme in San Francisco that he did here? Yeah, ab- absolutely. But it's it, it worked out there. Certainly it worked. But, of course, it was kept for Kyle Shanahan, who I never liked as a coach, anyway, he blew two Super Bowls. I don't care what anybody you else gotta says. You got to give Salah three years. You got to draft well. Absolutely, I, I agree, hundred percent. You know, I really do. I think that um, it's like they're in a better position because there's no expectations for the team. The Giants had all these expectations. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna make the you know the playoffs, and you know we're gonna be a contender. You're four and eight. Joe Judge, you're ten and eighteen as a head coach. You know your record says what you are, and that's it. That's all there is to it. I mean, it's a joke. I mean. Like I said, blow it up, man. Blow it up. Let it go. Anyway, we're always here. If I fire Joe Judge, let Freddie Kitchens take over. Oh, no. no. Bring in Baker Mayfield. Jason Garrett's at home with a box of popcorn, laughing it up, going, hey, way to go, Freddie. Way to go. What a difference a week makes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we went from (laughs) – come on, man. It's a joke. It really is. I, I cannot stomach this team anymore. I've had it. Like I said, I'll save you a seat on the Patriots bandwagon maybe, if you want to hop on. Maybe. It. I mean, I'd rather watch flies fornicate, actually, than watch, <laughs> than watch the New York Giants play football. I mean, when, you know what's amazing about the Giants? They get the kicker right every time. 
They get the kicker right. They go and get Graham Gano. They can't get anything else right. It's like Graham Gano in a cloud of dust. And you said you said that Kenny Galladay scored zero touchdowns zero. on a seventy-two million dollar deal. They signed him. Yeah. The offensive lineman has more touchdown catches than he it's a, has. It's a disaster. It's, it's insane. It's really a disaster. Anyway, we got to go, but we'll see you next Tuesday. Everybody have a great week. Remember, go out and get vaccinated and stay safe. And uh, we'll see you next week. And for more WTBR Sports Talk, then Sean and Robbie signing out, saying "See ya." Let's go, Brandon. Yeah. See you folks next week. God bless. Take care of yourselves. And tune in next week and keep calling. We love it.